0: In episode 5, part 2, we continue our discussion of the trials and tribulations of Grigor Dimitrov and also preview the Paris Masters. Enjoy and thank you for listening. Hit us with a cheeky like on social. Thank you. Um, so anyways, uh, last kind of piece of uh, opening banter. Kabir went home to Miami uh, to see Thomas Byrdich. But not actually, just to go home and uh, see the family. Brought home some old sticks. Yeah,
1: British came over and we had a slamming biryani in my house.
0: <laughs> we got uh, so we got some, we got some old rackets that we're kind of just holding on to right now. All right, in my right hand is the RDX five hundred, which I guess Kabir and I both played with. Yeah, I played with it from I think the ages of like I think middle school through early high school, mm-hmm. and through two iterations, there was the the Yonex RDX five hundred that was kind of black with uh. Kind of red, blue. A little, little bit of gold. Little gold. Some purple. The he- Hewitt played with it. And then now turned And it now Bandian. And then they turned it into yellow. It became yellow and they yeah. changed the weight. I thought it got really messed up.
1: Also, not only did it change the weight, but it became almost more more rounded on the beam of the racket. Huh. Kind of, which Ace didn't really perform that well. So they went back to now this more kind of you know angular, hexagonal beam. Yeah. Then in my left hand, I think, is this the original Bablat Aero Drive? Original Bablad Aero Pro, but... Kind of sketch. I don't know why I did this. The but drive plus. I got the plus, so it's half an inch longer. Makes a big difference. I, you know, maybe not for the best, but
0: probably trying to hit forehands,
1: get tennis elbow with this puppy. Yeah. And then Kabir, what do you got in your hands right now? Um so I have the Wilson Hypercarbon Pro Staff Tour ninety five. This is from Unstrung. Do we know the Unstrung weight? Unstrung weight is about three hundred and nine grams. Best thing about Unstrung rackets is they also make a great necklace. Yeah, great necklace. <laughs> um great great stick. This is from 2003. Fetter's acceptance speech is also about to begin. Yeah, also about to begin. Wow. Um, so, this is the 99th tournament he's won. Um, pretty unreal. He's won this tournament nine times. Wait, may
0: finish the rackets before we right, get so, to
1: real stuff. Yeah, Hypercarbon Pro Staff, Tour 95. Great stick. Um, forgot about this. Picking it up. Definitely, if not better than the current Pro Staffs, just really the same. I mean, what's, it, a, uh, what's a grand slam that a player won playing with this racket? Uh, with this one. I, I don't remember. I know Federer used the 90-inch version of this. Yep. Um, I think there's rumors that Del Potro uses this racket. So maybe his US a, Open was played yeah, with that with a paint job? With a paint job. The 09? The 09. There's he, definitely he's, a he's number of other players this, that were... But he's going to use this with a ton of lead tape. I mean, he's probably pushing like 340 grams. And what, what normally it's how much? It's about 300, 3, 309. Yeah. yeah. All right, and well, And then we also got the Head Prestige Pro. Really good stick. Um, Rear's always going with the pro Trying to get the extra leverage Yeah This is the, uh, a little Maybe a little too heavy Than Ideal um, But good steak A little more pop Than the original Prestige But Player's racket Player's racket, players racket, racket, racket For sure <laughs> Code violation Unsportsmanlike conduct Warning Mr. Code
0: violation, racket abuse Point penalty Mr. McElroy. Cheeky bully I'm playing my idol Verbal abuse Default Mr. McElroy.
1: But so definitely, there's that kind of exogenous, circumstantial, just dis- the strength of the players mm-hmm. and how strong they were when he played, how difficult it was to break through. But that didn't help his self-belief. Mm-hmm. And then even then, when he when he kind of established himself as you know someone who could get to quarters, someone who could beat top ten players, someone who was a player to beat, mm-hmm. you know he hasn't really risen to the task. And I think it's it's an issue. Of he kind of like tried on the clothes and then took them off. Yeah. Um, and it, he, like, definitely when you see him play now, he doesn't believe in himself. It's,
0: mm-hmm. And so what I, th- I think what we have with him is we have these these sort of like players in their late 20s now who have sort of created a new possibility in tennis. I think a lot of this has to do with Nadal, Djokovic, and Federer showing late in their careers that they could win slams. It, but it's not but, just them. It's, it's the fact that the sport has just become more Yeah, the more sports pivotal. change yeah. also probably uh, something to do with technology and health and the way players keep up their body. Mm-hmm. But... When we were kids, back to the uh, the mid to late 90s, to the early nots, the tennis he, career ended at like 27. Yeah. We were like
1: old. In yeah, yeah, mid I mean, to if you did not won a tournament by 19 or 20, I mean, right? Like Sampras was an old man at th- playing
0: at like 29 years old. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so, but now we have this possibility where are we going to see Grand Slams won by people, maybe their first Grand Slam at 26? Yeah, so is at 26. Yes. That could be team. That could happen to team. That yeah, could happen to maybe Dimitrov.
1: Yeah, and and the reason why this is definitely a possibility, and the reason why I think it's such an interesting discussion in the context of mm. of um, Dimitrov, uh, Dimitrov is if you look at what Warinka did, right? Mm-hmm. He was amazing player, always Stand been an amazing man. player, unreal backhand, everyone knew, but he was in the shadow of Federer, right? Maybe the, the, does he have the
0: best one hander ever? Maybe. Yeah,
1: I think so. I think it's one yeah, of the best I mean, shots in the tour. Yeah, one of the most lethal shots and the most beautiful, you know, poetic stroke. But so always a great player. Maybe he also somehow always
0: seems like his hair is sweaty.
1: Yeah, in like a in a in a (laughs) in a way
0: that's kind of like I feel like people are into. Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting. Okay.
1: Um. So he's 33 years old, Mm -hmm. and he was always a great player. You know, he'd been in the top top 20, flirted with the top 10 a couple times. Maybe he was in the shadows of Federer, the number two Swiss player. I don't know. Maybe that had some. Mm -hmm. And they're also close friends, right? Also close friends. So maybe he. I mean, Maybe it's an issue of belief, right? He, kind of big brother complex. Yeah, big brother complex. It's like when you,
0: like, for me to beat my own big brother in tennis, I had to get so much better than him. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you're just like, ah, oh, he's my big brother, yeah. I'm not
1: going to do it. It's kind of like beating your father. Look, he definitely had success, right? He won 2008 Beijing gold medal with Federer in doubles. Mm-hmm. But slams, he, you know, he 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 did well in Masters on clay and other tournaments always. I mean, I don't think a player you wanted to play because he was dangerous. Mm-hmm. But he didn't really have those breakthroughs in Grand Slams, right? until and, and, well, 2014 yeah but, uh, yeah until 2014 and in 2014 he was what 29 30 years old and again maybe at the time you were thinking all right well you know what what's he going to do in his career mm-hmm. he's old now you have people like Kyrios, people like zverev people like team knocking on the door mm-hmm. what room is there left for warinka when Wawrinka did it, or sorry, continue, continue. But then he got Magnus Norman as a coach, was who, a who was a great player. I think he got to top five in the world, top two in the world, maybe, mm-hmm. I think, finals of Australian Open. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are saying that it's one of the most impressive coaching matchups ever. Mm-hmm. completely transformed so his coach Magnus
0: Norman was his coach from 2013 to 2017, yeah. and from 2014 to 2016, Wawrinka wins three titles. Yeah. And all on Australian, different surfaces:
1: French, US Open. Three slams on three different surfaces. And the, kind of the way in which he did it and the fact that he won it on three different surfaces, it's its almost the like... The Australian Open final, who did he beat? Was that... Did he beat, he beat Djokovic? Okay.
0: It was all against... I mean, he he had, he had
1: won big matches. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he, you know, the fact that he did it f- 2014, 2015, 2016, three years, three, cons- three slams each year, three different surfaces, you know, it's it's, it's almost like it's... It was meant to happen, right? He's it, he was it was always there. He was always a great player, and mm-hmm. but what changed? What changed from him being this unreal player who wasn't getting deep into slams and wasn't, you know, winning third sets, wasn't winning fifth sets? I got to think it was an issue of belief, right? Mm-hmm. And then he believed in himself because you and got and, something changed, right? And you can't discount someone's belief, and then you just run on confidence mm-hmm. and look what happened. He won three slams. So at I think a certain
0: of, level in tennis, at a certain level,
1: I mean, maybe you say like Federer, Nadal,
0: Djokovic are sort of talents their talent goes so far that it transcends this yeah. but at a certain level the difference between like top 20 in the world and top 5 in the world on any given
1: day is just confidence, confidence yeah. in the mental game and this step back one moment i misspoke so 2014 australian he beat nadal nadal in the final in okay. four sets and again if if you look at those draws it's not like you know the top four players lost early and room opened up. I mean he beat Nadal all the finals. 2015 French, he beat Djokovic in the final. Mm-hmm. 2016 US Open, he beat Djokovic in the final. So he, you know, he 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 um, he beat some top players to make it happen. It wasn't like the draw opened up and he just, you know, found his way. So when I think about what Barinka did and you know what, what a coaching partnership enabled, mm-hmm. What does that you mean know, for Dimitrov? I, I just I don't think it's too late. I think it's easy to discount him and say, oh, you know, he's overpriced, he's mm-hmm. already twenty-seven, mm-hmm. he's just gonna be someone who exists on the periphery. Mm-hmm. I think when you think about like the human condition of the sport and just what other players have done and the physicality and how you're seeing more players play their better tennis in mm-hmm. the late 20s, early thirties, I believe in Dimitrov. I so do you, do, think, I do you really think you think he can do if it? If he
0: wins a Grand Slam, do you think he could do it? When do you think what's the timeline for winning a Grand Slam? And he's I guess got, so I think two it's questions, got, it's two be, questions. Yeah. One is could 2019 be the year he wins a Grand Slam? And then the second question is, what's a coaching
1: matchup that you think could make that happen? So 2019, I, I think, is the year. I think it's got to happen over the next year and a half, two years. Is and, if it it does, if it, and if it doesn't happen? Uh, I mean, look, who might Right? I mean, it, it I mean, I guess I have an opinion on it at the same point. Like, who am I to say, right? Like, if, if it doesn't happen, he's not going to do it. Because even if he doesn't do it till 2020— Mate, who
0: are you? You're Kabir.
1: <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. no. <laughs> but I'm say, even if he doesn't win a slam by 2020, <gasps> uh-huh. he's still only going to be 29, 30 years old. He's still just a right? kid. And you're seeing players play till 34, 35. So mm-hmm. can he win Wimbledon at age 33? Yeah, But, but our
0: point Maybe, is, like, is that next year, there's still this kind of gap in the next-gen guy's Coming into their prime, yeah, and so it's really an opportune moment, and it and it seems like but, for Federer and Nadal to have to be really strong next year is a lot to ask of them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's always a possibility, but it's a lot to ask them for four slams. There's the possibility that Djokovic just says, "You know what? I'm just gonna win all four, just <laughs> win four slams, and then what? He finishes the year. He's like, is that 18 for him all time?" Yeah, I mean, he, what does he have now? Sixteen? No, no, fourteen? I no, mean, fourteen. fourteen. Fourteen slams. Djokovic so. could do something where then he's like very seriously in the conversation as top three player all time. Yeah. Um, but there's also this opportunity for someone like Dimitrov to step up and
1: uh, do something special. But 2019 is—it's not just a year for him. It's—it's it's the year for players who're stuck in the mezzanine the mezzanine to establish himself like zero throwing,
0: throwing popcorn saying down in yep. front to guys like this just,
1: just an example so zero Zver- obviously really young player he's 21 uh-huh. so it's pretty unfair maybe for us to put as much pressure as uh-huh. we have on him but maybe this is the like year for the him to really, to really break through and yeah you know and for team 25 24 now maybe team, this is the year for him to team will win a slam i yeah. don't think he has to do it next year he will win one but yeah, next year yeah. seems like the most
0: opportune time it's about time he could, Although, win a, he could win an Australian Open. He could win a U.S. Open. He's most poised to win the French, but he has to deal with Nadal.
1: Yeah. Most poised to win French, but the way he By played... Based on his game. His yeah, game but the is way a, he played U.S. Open is a great... It's great for Australia, think, yeah, yeah, great for
0: Australia, but... why? Sorry, for for people who don't aren't as familiar with tennis, great for Australia because it's a slower hard court.
1: Yeah, a bit slower. Um, But... Like but let's the, talk about coaching, the, the, no. Like you said, real quick though, what if Djokovic just decides to? Yeah, we're gonna. That's shred, that's right? another conversation, we're gonna bring and that's Asher maybe that one.
0: that's maybe like the kind of the most likely possibility. So, so for
1: yes, yeah, so, but to, so but to then Alex's for coaching,
0: coach, what are his what are his coaching options, and what are the coaching options he's used in the past that haven't gotten him yeah. to where we're talking? We about, kind of Dim- think Dim- he could we're talking go about Dimitrov. Dimitro.
1: Yeah, so I think right now his coach is Danny Valverdew, who um he's done a great job. He's I think he started off as a coach for Murray, then he coached Burdich. He's and a, him and Murray are close mates. Yeah, right, they're close mates. They trained in Spain. Danny Valverde played for the University of Miami. Used to see him play. Amazing player. Um, and he definitely definitely did a good job with Dimitrov, right? He had a breakthrough year last year, but he's been, been in poor form this year. I really think if you. I don't know. I'm trying to think about what Dimitrov, you know, his mental state and that issue of belief. Try to think of, you know, good coaching matchups. Mm-hmm. Players like Ferrero. Mm-hmm. I thought James Blake could be a really interesting matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some. I think like, he needs like a. I want to see him Darren, with like – Maybe uh, someone like Darren Cahill, Brad Gilbert. I want to see him with like an opposite though. Kind of like a, a Danny DeVito
0: like, <laughs> like you know, you've had your life. Like your life has been really easy. Like look at me. I'm a little guy. Uh, maybe he gets into a bar fight. Yeah. Uh, someone who's really going to kind of uh,
1: be the oil to his gutter, water. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, but so then, we, Alex and I had a, had a two-hour conversation about mm-hmm. this three days ago about who would be his coach. Because it would really morning, be like, I
0: guess the point is that if he takes someone, if he takes someone, uh, if, if he takes someone like, like okay, there's, there's a lot of players, maybe recent retirees we could think of. Um, there's someone like Ferrera who's done some coaching who would, it seems like he'd be great. Yeah, I think one point that Kabir made that was really interesting is like, someone who is, um, hasn't necessarily coached before, but obviously, and, and so would be like really new. And then also someone who's clearly dealt with some mental stuff on their own, um, and, and a just, crazy the
1: like, human condition, of and like knows tennis, what it's like to right? win. Yeah.
0: And so an obvious choice, and I don't know if he's actually interested in coaching. Yeah, but I feel like every what we've talked about that kind of fits those things is, is Bjorn Borg.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we spoke. Yeah. And so
0: why did you think Borg, before we they they ultimately announced? Uh, it, it's interestingly enough today, right? Today, well, so
1: we don't know if it's announced, but on, there's an Instagram video of. Uh-huh. Dimitrov training in Paris today with Agassi. Andre. That's, I mean, that's... that's Who in some ways
0: fits the description of what we just said of someone who's kind of, you know, Agassi took time off. He dated all these. He was like, was dating supermodels, had was kind of like in a weird place, had some issues with the sport. We think he says because of his relationship with his father, a lot of stuff going on there. But before we actually talk about that, because that actually happened, why would someone like Bjorn Borg be an interesting choice?
1: Um, so in some, in some, in some, in some, to some extent, it's an interesting. It's a really compelling choice in some aspects. Maybe it's not, but I think it's just. Um, I he was obviously a super deep player. I and mean, mm-hmm. he had and some, obviously uh, one
0: maybe that some people would still say he's the goat.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think you're saying emotionally, just emotionally. I mean, he Jeff um, with the walking of, away from the sport. Walking away from the sport at a really young age. Coming back to the sport, playing with a wooden racket, trying to defy, you know, the trends going on in the sport and just the kind of he's got the stern demeanor, stern demeanor, very calm about the way he goes about things, but definitely was, you know, going for the kill someone, you know, it's a bit hard to. He's like – it's like when uh, you're – if, if you have someone really, who's like father doesn't talk a lot, but when he does talk, it could be kind of scary. Yeah. Maybe a little bit like that. And, and the reason I think that it's interesting is – okay, maybe he hasn't he hasn't coached a player, but the last two years he has done Labor Cup, right? Yeah, he's been involved in – He's been involved in kind of got to think he's, development. he's good at it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've seen his interviews and what I like about the Labor Cup is they – you know, before the match, they kind of – they broadcast the, the pep talk and the coaching talk that they have. Mm-hmm. His strategy always seems spot on. It's, I feel like that – something about that matchup could be – you know, maybe, maybe he's he's the one to, you know, tap into Dimitrov's mind and get him to believe in himself and unlock you know that talent and get him to uh, yep take his game to the next level. All right, so but you know, looks like maybe he thinks Agassi's got to do it. Let's see what happens. And Agassi's interesting matchup for
0: all the reasons we said. But you were saying you don't think it's, it could be. You're not convinced.
1: uh yeah, we, we we've had discussions about it. You know, Agassi. I just have reservations about him as a coach. I Think he's a really strange guy. Uh-huh. Um, that I think also, can, has like a has too
0: many demons with the sport. I just think he can. You don't. I don't. Know I need someone to coach you that has straight up said that they don't know if they like tennis.
1: Yeah, I just think he can bring out. I mean, obviously, he maybe he can bring out the best. Maybe he can also just put Dimitrov in a weirder place than he already is. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's won slams. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll see. I'm curious to see if this is. I a think Steffi deal. needs to get involved. Yeah, she'd be great. She would be a she'd be coach. amazing coach. Um, but I think I'm curious to see whether this is is one, this like or a, like a signed deal or, a test or it's just track. a trial? You know, maybe maybe they'll see how Paris goes. Maybe he qualifies. Has he qualified for London? I don't I don't recall. He's coming we'll to London, world, goes, so so he's he needs to do really well in Paris to qualify. Uh uh-huh. um, And yeah, then we'll see what happens. This is going to be interesting. But look, I mean, I'm glad this this is happening because mm-hmm. Cheeky Volley obviously has good we were, insight. We, we, had we were talking two, about this. About a week ago. Yeah, we had a two hour conversation about it. Then we were like, oh shit, we should have just like recorded he needs that whole thing. a new coach, and look what happens. He's got a new coach. So, Chikivali has some. We're on it. Not good, pod fading. Good we're not pod but Before fading. this
0: episode pod fades, just as a wrap up, we're going to talk about what to look forward to with uh, the Rolex Paris Masters. Right. And then finally, what that kind of means for uh, London.
1: Yeah. Um, And for 2019. In 2019. So quickly, Rolex Paris Masters. This is the last Masters of the year. Yes, London is the Masters after this, but that's only the top eight players. This is the ninth, you know, kind of mandatory Masters tournament. Mm -hmm. Takes place in Paris starts tomorrow, October 29th, um, to draw off 64 with um, 16 seeds. Each seed, I think, gets a bye first round, so nice for them. Um, so this is this is going to be an interesting corner. Let's see. Right first, who's the chamelia seed? Got to be Jack Sock, as always. Got to be Jack Sock. Um, he well, actually, real quick, Jack Sock. You know, we we've spoken about how he's had a an odd year, right? He he got to top ten last year. This year, he struggled to win singles matches, but he's been an amazing doubles player. I think he's won two slams this year in doubles. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he hosted, also he's Mezgen. Yeah, he's Mesgen. Um, but will not
0: win a Grand Slam. Don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs>
1: um, he, I mean, like he's got, he's got the game. I just, I don't see it happening. But um, you know, he he had struggled to win singles matches this year, but he won a match last year, and he posted a pretty funny Instagram of him hitting a forehand. It basically said like, "LOL, I won a singles match," which <laughs> <laughs> <It> was funny, <laughs> uh, a bit dark, but good to see he's having a laugh about it. Um, and then you see people like Kyrios commenting on it, and you know, "Let's go, Jack." <laughs> um, anyway, so <laughs> I think it's just it's tough for him. I mean, you got to think he's going into this tournament in a weird place. He won it last year out of nowhere. I don't think ex- people expected him to win it. Definitely his game, mm-hmm. you know, it's well suited for an indoor fast hard court. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, he's in a tough draw. I mean, he could, second round, he's going to play either Gaskier or Shapovalov. Mm-hmm. Does, does
0: Nadal retire in the fourth round with an injury?
1: Mm, no, I think he's going to, he's, he's going <laughs> to, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, we'll see. I'm surprised, I'm not surprised, but Federer is playing this, right? He's going straight from Basel to Paris. Well, so, kind of the dream Travel itinerary, right? Yeah, Follow we're going to Paris. To um, London. Shout out to Alitalia for booking tickets for yep. us to do this next year. Appreciate it. Great airline. Solid <laughs> airline. Decent, um, pretty
0: good food. Good orange juice on the airline. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So, so give us two. Give us who you think is going to win it, and then give us a wild card sort of that you think could win it.
1: So let's take a look at the draw first to see who's going to win. So Nadal mm-hmm. seeded one. Second round, he could play for Dasma. That could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Two, Spaniards. To know each other well playing. Mm-hmm. Um, Gasquet-Shapavlov, first round. Borna Koric, playing well. He's in the dolls half. Um, George definitely has a shot at going deep. Definitely, definitely has a shot at going Shanghai. deep. Uh, Lucas Pui, I'd like to see him do something. He's had a lackluster year playing in his hometown, of, or, or at least home country. Mm-hmm. This, maybe this is a nice chance for him to first round end, the end the year matchup. with a good result and mm-hmm. go into 2019 with some confidence. Zverev, I don't know. It's kind of a wild card. I don't know what he's going to do on this. He could play Tiafo second round. I'd pick Tiafo over him. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Edmund, I don't know, coming off of his first maiden tournament. He won in European Open at Brussels to see what he does. Isner, Anderson, Fognini could have a nice run. He likes indoor hard. Federer could have a weird second round against Sanga, mm-hmm. who is, yeah, I mean, he's coming off an injury, mm-hmm. but he's a dangerous player. Mm-hmm. Playing in France, always dangerous. Federer coming off of a tournament, he's going to be a little tired. Mm. You never know, right? could mm-hmm. beat him. Also could play Raonic, my least favorite player on the tour. Um, anyway, let's see. Raonic is in
0: the please retire corner. Yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> well, 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 yeah, that, that's, uh, that's, that, another that, that's another episode. Tsitsipas. I'll go with Dimitrov, right? Um, here's
0: my call. Yeah. If there's going to be one young gun to uh, maybe win the tournament, it's Pass. Mm. Mate, takes out. Mate,
1: hi, He's Sissipas, got the game. I mean, like, to, like, his Sissipas? side of the draw, I don't think he could
0: ever beat Nadal. In well, a, also, Tsvetkov. Look,
1: if he needs, if he wins the tournament, if he, he's he going to qual- win. He, he needs qual- to beat Djokovic in the third round, and
0: then he qualifies for London. He I don't see it happening.
1: maybe look, who's going to win? Let's just see what the <laughs> ma- matchups. Let's starting us start with bottom of the draw. We could have a a fourth round matchup of Djokovic and Chilich. Mm-hmm. We could have quarters: Djokovic, Federer, Fognini, Federer, basically the Federer, opposite people. Maybe maybe third, you fourth be, I round. Think that's truly the opposites. Maybe a fourth round Nadal mm-hmm. uh, uh Let's. I mean, what's your prediction for the final? You're...
0: I'm saying CC Pass. My final prediction is
1: CC Pass Chorich for the finals. So you have C- next gen preview. So you have, are you, okay, you are having CC Paz take out Djokovic and take out chillich and take out Federer. Yep. Okay. But before we be
0: too. Before we I mean, come that's, too a, se-
1: that's a daft prediction. <laughs> too
0: self indulgent. We uh, we're running a bit over here. Um, And then just last bit is next-gen starts November 4th. Rumors of some cheeky volley stuff going on in Milan. (laughs) Who knows what's going to happen? No, no rumors yet. That's just – that's a dream. Um, But it will be interesting to see what happens there. Kabir, quickly, prediction: who wins the next-gen. Next gen tournament. This is
1: going to be really interesting. Zver- Note
0: that Zverev is the top ranked next gen, but he qualifies for London, so he won't be there.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see. So, who's going to win next gen? This is going to be. This is an interesting one. Um, I mean, let's just say briefly. I mean, it's eight players who need to qualify, seven to qualify. And they, right they now. take
0: one wild card, right?
1: Yeah. You have Tsitsipas, Shapavlov, Diminar, Tiafo, Fritz, Rublev, Munar.
0: I think it's going to be Tsitsipas,
1: Shapavlov, or Munar. Or Demonar. Yeah. I mean, my my. I, I'm picking Diminar. I think he's been he's really impressive the last couple months. Um, second
0: half of the year was unbelievable. Yeah,
1: unbelievable. unbelievable. Maybe Tsitsipas? He has a decent Asian swing. Yep, Not Pavlov. Coming off a great US I think Open. he's been a bit disappointing this year. Mm-hmm. That's okay, he's still really young, but mm-hmm. obviously there's pressure. Uh, maybe Tiafo. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, the format of this tournament, anything could happen. Even Fritz, he's playing really well, right? It's
0: round-robin style. It's how they do it
1: in, like, the 12-year-old juniors. If there wasn't a rain-delayed Wimbledon this year, Fritz Mm -hmm. probably would have taken out Zverev. And he really showed that he can play some top tennis, so... Mm -hmm.
0: And he has a child.
1: Yeah, and he has a child. He's married. But if I'm going to pick one person to win it, I'm going to Menor. All right. And that's all we got for you today, folks.
0: We ain't pod-fading. Oh, and... And we're thinking about playing tennis this afternoon. Yeah. Shout out. Maybe some doubles. (laughs) What else? Wait, any, wait, any last thoughts, Kabir? What racket are you going to play with today, if we play? Probably the RDX 500 right. that I'm holding right Maybe now. Maybe I'll
1: use the Head Speed Pro Tour.
0: All right, there we go.
1: All right, um, mates, we're out.
0: We're out. Stay with us. Bear with us. A lot of interesting things going on. We may even have our first interview in November.
1: Shout out, Dimitrov. Shout out, Dimitrov.
0: Grigor, we love you. Uh, love God, love country, in that <laughs> order. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. I found her, damn red coat. I found her. I found her, red coat. I found her. I found, found her, damn red coat. I found her.